whatever you want to do. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to be here today. Didn't the presence of the Lord show up last night? Such a wonderful way. And today we give him honor. Why don't you give somebody, give about three people a high five and tell them, you smell good. You smell good. Even if they don't smell good, just kind of fake it, you know, just, you smell okay. All right. Like, what you got on? What is that you got on? Cranberry juice? It smells good, you know? So I learned something. I was talking to, uh, to Brother Rabitas outside, and, you know, on the way here uh, yesterday, um, the closer I got to church is the tighter my chest got. Isn't that weird? It was kind of strange, and, and I was kind of like, you know, what's going on? I was just like, all right, whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm a guy because guys don't really care, you know. We just kind of do what we do. You know, we can get shot in the leg and be like, it's all right. It's okay. We're good. All right? And uh, last night after the service, and reached out to one of my good friends, um, Pastor Rabitas' son, Jonathan, and he just started ministering to me. That was the attack of the enemy, trying to prevent me from transferring to you what I had to transfer. But I'm going to let the devil know today. Nah, 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 nah. You lose, devil. We're going to have some church today, Amen. didn't do this last night. Um, I would like my wife to come and say something. She can sing. She can you know, tap dance, whatever she wants to do. And uh, give Sister Tina Thomas a hand. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise God. It is a blessing for us to be here with you again this year. We were able to be here last year when you had the um, superhero day and that was awesome we still have our capes <laughs> we wear them sometime around the house but we are glad to be here with you this weekend we we told our kids and we asked our church to pray as well because we said God has brought us here because he wants to put you like Pastor Thomas said last night on the offensive there are things in the spirit that some of us have been praying for for a long time but we haven't made that step to say I'm going to take that in the name of Jesus. It's not that God is always going to wrap it in a box and put a bow on it and say, here, sometimes we're going to have to go forward with not just with words, but we're going to have to make a step towards what we know God has given to us. And if there's something that you're holding on to for a long time, it's time. God wants to give that to you. I believe that in the name of Jesus. And he's going to show us what to do. He's going to show some of you in dreams. Some of you are going to have visions. Some of you are going to have strangers come up to you and tell you, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. And you need to take that as a word from the Holy Ghost. He is going to do a great works among all of us, even the children. There are going to be children that come around and tell you, this is what God showed me. He's going to use each one of you. I believe it. 
There are people who are not here right now who should be, and God is going to begin to speak to them. I believe it, and I'm declaring that in the name of Jesus. They're going to come back. They're going to come back because God has a plan for everyone. He has filled us with this spirit, not just because he wanted it to go to waste. It was ne- why, would, why would we give something so precious to someone and then don't want them to use it? When you, when you spend time, parents, hello, you spend time, you work hard, you save up that money, and you buy this present for your kids. And what do they do? They play for it two days, and then it's just sitting there. God didn't give his, the Holy Ghost for us to just put it down and say, oh, maybe on Easter I'll pull it out. He wants us to live with power every single day. And I'm believing that for you, church. I am so glad that we are here to experience this. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Amen. My God. Well, thank you for coming to Lighthouse tonight. Uh, uh, you guys have a good night. Amen. Why do I need to preach? I mean, amen. You know, what she, what she said, my wife said, was true. We had, we were, um, I'm about to get in my text for a second. I just want to, I just, I'm just feel like flowing today. Is that all right? So we, we were youth pastoring in, for Pastor Art Wilson. And there was a, a set of twins. What is it? If it's one set or two. If it's two, then it's one. A set of twins. All right, I said that right. A set of twins, and they received the Holy Ghost. And to let you know that there's no limitation. When you receive the Holy Ghost and whatever God gives you with that, you need to use it. You need to utilize it. Notice we're just we're trying to push you forward. Some of you have been, been hanging around in the same spot for a while. We're trying to push you off the edge, you know. Some of you all like this. But you don't want to make the plunge. And this set of twins, when they received the Holy Ghost, they prophesied for 48 hours straight. I'm talking about folks my daughter's age they they told their mother to call the pastor and begin to prophesy to the pastor and beginning to tell him things that were going to happen in the holy ghost you need to you need to take the limits off your mind take the limits off yourself get out your box and say god whatever you want from me today that's what i'm going to do I know this is sticking with some of y'all. Some are like, ooh, I don't know if I can do that, Pastor Mike. But some of y'all like, are ready. Some of you are ready. I'm going to preach to you today. Uh, turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 9. I just want you to hold it there. We're not going to read anything. Matter of fact, you don't even have to stand. You can sit because I'm ready to go. Everybody say, Gloria a Dios. All right, don't ask me about anything else in Spanish. That's pretty much what I know. Uh, Amen, amen, amen. Tell somebody it's time to raise hell. Amen. Come on, tell somebody it's time to raise hell. That's R-A-Z-E, raise hell. I got fascinated with the character of Jehu, uh, and he was a commander in the army of Israel under King Ahab and his son, King Joram. And Jehu was previously anointed as the future king of Israel, who would overthrow the dynasty of Omri and Ahab. 
Yet that was a long time previous to this, and now he is anointed again to show that the time of fulfillment of the previous prophecy was now at hand. The anointing of the king over Israel was not a, an established custom. I'm just going to give you some background. Is that all right? It was not an established custom or rule. It was done when the circumstances were out of the ordinary or when there might be some question as to his title to the throne. And Jehu was the son of Jehoshaphat, the grandson of Nimshi, hence commonly called the son of Nimshi, the 10th king of Israel and founder of its sixth dynasty. Jehu appears first as an officer in the bodyguard of Ahab. It was Jehu that was a firsthand witness to the injustice and evil carried out by that dynasty, the murder of Naboth. How many of you remember Naboth and the vineyard that Ahab stole, that Jezebel cooked up? Uh, the worship of Baal, the impartation of the spirit of lust, immorality, and immodesty into, the, into Israel's cultural fabric that all came about. And Jehu watched it from the standpoint of being one of the bodyguards of Ahab. And the time was now ripe for the execution of the predicted vengeance on the house of Ahab and to establish Elisha the prophet, the successor of Elijah, it fell to take the decisive step which precipitated the crisis. Haziel and Jehu had already been named to Elijah as the persons who were to execute the divine judgment, the one as king of Syria and the other as the king of Israel. And Elisha sends a young prophet to anoint Jehu. And we pick it up now in 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse 5. If you want to turn with me there. And when he came, behold, the captains of the host were sitting. And he said, I have an errand to thee, O captain. And this is the young prophet that's talking to Jehu. And unto which of all us. And he says to thee, Jehu's like, okay, is it me? Is it them? He's hanging out with some other soldiers. Is it, is it me? And, and this young prophet is saying, it's you, Jehu, that I'm coming. And he arose and went into the house, and he poured the oil on his head and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed thee king over the people of the Lord, even over Israel. Verse 7 and thou shalt smite the house of Ahab, thy master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. And we're going to talk about Jezebel in a little bit. Anybody know old Jezzy? Oh, you can call her old Jezzy. That's all right. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel. Verse 9, and I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and like the house of Basha, the son of Ahijah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the portion of Jezreel. I know this is kind of X-rated, but this is the Bible. Amen, somebody? And the dogs shall 
eat Jezebel, thank you, sir, in the portion of Jezreel, and there shall be none to bury her. And he opened the door and fled. And then Jehu came forth to the servants of his Lord and said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? They were talking about the prophet that came to anoint Jehu. They called him mad. And he said unto them, Ye know the man and his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. I want to set the scene here tonight because Jehu came back from this young prophet anointing him and he tried to deny the anointing that the the prophet anointed him with. Jehu came back with traces of the anointing all over him, was running down his head, was probably splashed on his clothes, and maybe Jehu tried to wipe some of it off before he got back to his, his boys because he didn't want them to see that there was something wrong. And the New Living Translation says this in verse 11, Jehu went back to his fellow officers and none of them asked, and one of them asked him, what did the madman want? Is everything all right? And Jehu responded, you know how a man like that babbles on. He was trying to deny the anointing that God had anointed him with. He was trying to, to, to seem normal. He's trying to go back to the status quo. He was trying to go back to the same crowd that he always hung with. And verse 12 said, you're hiding. The, the soldiers said, you're hiding something, they said said tell us what this madman said and they thought that the prophet was a madman they thought he was out of his mind even though he was a young prophet they thought that he was just stark raving mad and so Jehu told them he said to me this is what the Lord said I have anointed you to be king over Israel and some of you today, I'm going to speak to the church and I feel it in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost. Some of you today are anointed of God, but you have not moved a lick. You've tried to go back to the status quo. You've been called to this church for a reason. God has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you've been trying to act normal. You've been trying to act sane. You've been anointed by God. You've even try to wipe off the anointing off of your forehead to make it seem as though you're normal, to make it seem as though you can fit in again. But I'm telling you right now that what God has started, he's going to finish in you. And the anointing that he has placed on your life, you can't just wipe it off. You can't just act it out. People are going to know even if you try to fake it. You're not going to be able to fake it because the Holy Ghost is going to be all over you. And this church needs you. This church needs you. You've been called to this church under this leadership for such a time as this. And the church is going to be built in this city, not because of one man, but because of the Holy Ghost and people who are willing. I'm trying to speak in the prophetic today. Some of you have been, you've received the Holy Ghost. 
and the anointing of God is on your life. And people are going to know that you're different. Jehu tried to go back to the same old soldiers that he was cutting up with. And they said, wait a minute, something's wrong. Something's changed. What did that madman say? And Jehu's like, oh, you know, you know, the, 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 the prophets, you, you know, the pastor, he's always trying to pray for you all the time. Well, you, you know, the Sunday school teacher, uh, she's always trying to bring a word to you. You know, you know, he tried to play it off and he tried to, he tried to take advantage of the atmosphere. And they said, no, 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 no. We smell the anointing on you we see oil dripping from your head this isn't just ordinary this isn't just ever tell us what's going on come on the world is going to see you and say something happened to you you used to be in fornication you used to be in lust you used to be in adultery tell us how did you change tell us how did you get out of drugs tell us how did nicotine get out of your system tell us how did that you get from that illicit affair and you're going to say ah oh, you know come on God doesn't need you to be ashamed Paul said I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation I'm trying to shake somebody today come on tap yourself and say I'm anointed Now watch, Jehu steps out, comes back. The young prophet was anointing him in secret because he didn't want to tip off prematurely what was going on. But here's what the Lord says. If you, hell and anybody else, it's not going to take your anointing seriously until you take it seriously. Last night we were shouting today. I'm gonna, we're going to do some grounding today. Is that all right? We're going to do some grounding today. Hell will not take you seriously. These games of being inside and out, here and there, one foot in and one foot out is not going to work anymore. Those people who are lukewarm, the Bible says, the Lord said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. God is ready for some people to embrace their anointing. It's not just ordinary. It's not just average. Come on, miracles can be done through you. Things that are supernatural can be done through you. You are not the same. You've never been the same. It's just been your denial of the anointing on your life. Sermon after sermon of the pastor and his wife trying to convince you. Phone calls, come on, you can make it. Come on, you can do it. It's time for you to get up and say, I'm tired of being normal. I'm not normal. I have the anointing running all over me. I have the anointing dripping on me. God has anointed me for this time. Listen, it's not about the pastor. This is not a pastoral thing. This, this thing is not done by people at the top of the cross. We are the body. You are the arm, you're the leg, you're the shoulder, you're the eyes. Lift your hands right now. Lift your, lift your hands. I rebuke the spirit of doubt. Help me pray right now. I rebuke the spirit of fear. 
Some of you think that if you step out, that you're going to become a target for the enemy. You have the power of God. Come on. We rebuke the spirit of fear and doubt right now. Get out the room and let your people receive this word in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Clap your hands right now. Verse 13 says, and then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it, un- put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew the trumpet saying, Jehu is king. They acknowledged the anointing that this young prophet had, had uh, anointed Jehu with. And there are anointed people in this room, but you're not taking your anointing seriously. You've been playing around, stalling delaying, and God's patience is running thin. We don't have that many days left to go. Over 1,500 prophecies have already come to pass in the Bible. There's not much left. There's going to be a great harvest. And then Jesus Christ is going to appear in the sky. And the Bible says that the dead in Christ will raise first and we shall be caught up to meet him in the air. There's not this much time. Some of you are thinking that, man, you know, Lord, I have time. Uh, Let me do my thing. No, you are anointed for this time. You are anointed for the end God is God needs you there's a lot of people that are gonna go to a hell that was not made for them because right in church We're not into customs. We're not into programs. We're not into religion. Jesus didn't like religion. Jesus taught about experience, and we have the experience of the Holy Ghost. I just need about three people who believe this with me. God is going to use me in this end time to change this world. I was reading a book from Rome to Jerusalem about a missionary who was studying to be a priest. Just started reading the book. And he was praying to Mary, had the beads in his hand, praying to Mary, doing the beads thing. And the Lord several times started to take him on these journeys. And this last time he was in the the, the sanctuary up in the mountains in Canada somewhere. Praying to Mary. Huh? That's not biblical. And, and he was almost like he left his body. He left his body and he saw his body there as he was praying. And an angel took him up and began to talk to him about the things that he saw that was going on. And the Lord, this today he's a missionary. Today he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Today he has a church. And, but this is where he's coming from. He's coming from the, the Catholic faith. And he's, he's coming from into the, uh, deep religion and, and, and deep things. Some, some of the things aren't even in the Bible. I ain't gonna get, I'm not going to get into all that today. But he, he was taken away by the angel. And he saw, he saw a, a, as it were, a portal with flames coming out of it. 
and he asked the angel, and he said, he said, sir, what is that? And, he, and the angel said, that is hell. And the angel said this in the book, and I had to highlight it. He said, he said that Satan doesn't have any uh, a hold or doesn't own any real estate. Sometimes we associate Satan to hell as that's, his, that's where he lives. He doesn't have any ownership of hell. Hell was created by God to punish Satan. And we give the enemy too much credit sometimes. All this power, we give the enemy all these different things. Oh, you know, this, listen, he's not, Satan isn't, he's, he's not uh, uh, all-seeing. He's not, he's not everywhere. At the, he's not omnipresent. He doesn't know. He only knows what you, you, you admit and what you do. Because he has a vast communication system. Some demons with a lot of iPhones who will take a lot of pics so they know what's going on. And we give all this, this credence to the enemy. And we got to stop doing that. Because the Bible says that there's going to be one angel that binds him. Not a whole slew of them. Not an army. Not one unknown, unnamed angel that will bind him and throw him into the pit. Come on, folks. I'm preaching to you today because you have more power than you realize. You are anointed by the Holy Ghost to go into hell. Go into the, to the midst of the city. Go straight into the pits of hell and take souls. The second thing that he noticed was there was a line of men going into the flame. And he said, sir, he said, who are these people? And the angel said, these are pastors. Pastors that have put money, prestige, trying to make a name for themselves over what I have originally called them for. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Don't get enamored with this, this, this TV stuff. Don't get enamored with all these folks. Oh, man, he has 5,000 people. He must be doing something good. No, 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 no. God's math is not our math. And there's some people who are leading thousands of people to hell. And don't you dare. Listen, I vouch for these two people right here. I vouch for these pastors right here. I felt a pulling. I felt a tugging. I felt a, an intertwining spirit that they're teaching you the right thing. And God has called us to be friends. Not because we want to get another name in our book, but because they're preaching and teaching the right thing. Does anybody want to lift up your pastor today? Come on, somebody. You are here for a reason. Come on. Not everybody's going to make it to heaven. I'm, I'm just way off my notes. You don't even know the stuff that goes, that happens at nighttime. When we put our heads down as pastors and we get de demonic visitations because the enemy's upset because somebody got delivered tonight. You have no idea. And I don't want to scare anybody, but still, yes, I do. 
Because you need to understand that we don't wrestle against each other. We wrestle against principalities, demonic forces in high places that would want to do nothing more than strip you, than make you believe that you're nothing, that make you believe that you don't have anything going on, that makes somebody offend you in here, and then you want to leave because somebody stepped on your toe. Listen, I don't care what you, I'd rather be crucified by the people of God and stay in church than to, than to leave church and get shot up by somebody outside. I'm not leaving the house of God. I'm not leaving the tabernacle of the lighthouse. I don't know, maybe I'm doing a bad job, Pastor. I'm, uh, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this into your head. Uh, if you see what's happening in the kingdom at this time, there's a lot of people backsliding. There's a lot of people looking for greener pastures. And you know what those greener pastures are? On TV. You know, I don't want to call any names, but there's one particular preacher who talks about loving your cat, love your dog, love your, your pet bird, and, 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 you know, be careful of, of pastors who don't preach conviction, who don't preach what's right and what's wrong anymore, who can't even answer questions and when they're, when they're asked, saying, you know, okay, pastor, is, is homosexuality wrong? Well, you know, um, you know, uh, it's not my place to say whether it's right. That is a lie from the devil in hell. There are things that the Bible says that are wrong and are right. You can take me to jail. You can handcuff me. I don't care what you want to do. I'm going to preach the gospel the way it is in the Bible because it's greater than me. Oh, boy, I'm feeling so many things right now. Here's what the Bible says. T today, I, I want you to understand that you were born to raise hell. R-A-Z-E. And that, that word means to tear down, to pull down, to knock down. To level, to flatten, to bulldoze, to wipe out, to lay waste. You were born to raise hell. You were born to worship until the devil becomes uncomfortable. You were born to dance in the presence of God until people feel. You were born to... You were born to cast out demons. You were born. Come on. You have been given the Holy Ghost. And I know you want to look posh and look pretty and, and look cute. But at some point in time, you're going to have to raise hell and begin to knock over and begin to tell the devil, I'm not just a cute face. I know I'm cute, but I'm not just a cute face. I am here to tear your kingdom to shreds. Let go of my family. Let go of my son. Let go of my daughter. Let go of my uncle. Let go of my job. Let go of my finances. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, let go. Come on, scream it, let go. Jesus. Yes! 
Do I have anybody in the room? Do I have anybody in the room that's willing to send that message and tell the devil, I'm here to stay, and the gifts that God gave me, I'm going to use it to tear your kingdom to shreds. You are anointed. You are anointed. I don't care what the devil says. You are anointed. You are anointed. I feel like God wants to do something. Come on. Get that doubt out of your mind. Get that status quo out of your mind. Come on. There is no caste system in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. There's no status in the kingdom. Come on, we are the body. I'm trying to get it through. Come on, I'm trying to get it through. You can't go back to your job. You can't go back home. You can't go back on, on Monday and think everything's going to be. I want you to embrace the future that God has declared. He has called some of you out of the darkness, out of the deep, 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 deep dark. And I'm, I refuse to sit down and to let the adversary dictate my future. I know in whom I believe. I was born to serve Jesus. I was raised from the dead to serve Jesus. I used to go to the bars. I used to go to the club. I used to do all these crazy things. But now I'm in the house of God and I refuse to give God less than I gave the devil. Sit down, sit down. Second, Second Corinthians 10. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God. Through the pulling down of strongholds, we have to understand how to fight on our knees. This is not a, if I could do the karate and jiu-jitsu and kukamonga or whatever on the adversary, I would. I would, oh man, it'd be so easy to do a karate kid, you know, ah, on the adversary. But we, we, don't, we don't fight that way. Real men and women pray. We, we get on our knees. We, listen, ever since I came from the Apostolic Conference, it's been like a revelation. I go into prayer like I'm going into warfare. I'm not going into prayer like, you know, you know Jesus, you know. Jesus. I'm going into prayer. I'm kicking the door down. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm here. And I begin to call, Jesus, are you here with me? And then the presence of God comes in. And I begin to speak in tongues. And I begin to pray over my son, pray over my daughter, pray over my wife, pray over the church, pray over addictions, pray over all these different things. And I'm warring in the spirit on my knees. And then I get up and I begin to walk around as if I'm claiming territory. And everywhere I go, I begin to step. And I, I oh my God. And, 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 and all sorts of things happen in my basement. Visitations and all these different. Why? Because I'm preparing for for war. This is a war we're in and we're not going to win unless we learn how to fight on our knees. 
to learn how to fight on our knees. Come on. Listen, we were praying at the conference, and my wife, uh, she touched me. She said, does anybody have their hand on my back? I'm looking at you like, girl, what's, what's like a thousand people here? What? I felt like, you know, like Jesus. I mean, somebody touched me. And the disciples were like, Jesus, we're in the middle of a crowd. What's wrong with you? You, got, you know? Oh, he's like, she said, is somebody, does somebody have their hand on my back? And I'm, I, you know, I have to look. I'm physically looking like, you know, uh, uh, no, no. And what I understood was that there is an angel of the Lord. When you pray and you get to a level, whatever, some of y'all ain't going to receive this. Whatever is in the spirit will manifest. And what I understood was that the angel of the Lord had his hand on her. You can get into a realm where God can begin to show you things. I told you last time, I shared this last time with you, that the Lord shared something with me and helped, helped to prevent a homicide. I told you all that when I was here last time, that the Lord showed me a man walking up to a house gave me the description of the clothes and everything because one of the deacons in the church was about to get murdered. Am I worthy of that stuff? Have I done anything to deserve it? No. But God has to use somebody. Why not you? This is not Hollywood. This is not fairy tales. The things I'm telling you I'm not making up. These are things that have happened in my life. And I want you to understand they only happened because I said, God, I'm willing to leave everything behind. The Lord even revealed. Y'all ain't ready for this, y'all. Watch, watch. Jehu starts to wreak havoc on Ahab's and Joram's dynasty, fulfilling the prophetic words spoken to Elijah by God in 1 Kings 21. He makes his way toward King Joram's palace and is met by two sets of messengers sent by King Joram. And the question that the enemy asked of Jehu was the most frequent one. Do you come in peace? And let me tell you something tonight, church, if you will receive it, that Satan wants to make peace with the church, but be at war with God. The Lord, the Lord even said it this way, that Satan has tried to put himself, watch, in the place of the bridegroom. And extended his hand of marriage to the church. And some churches are saying, yes, I do. He wants to make peace with you. Because you equate struggling to a, a, I don't know, a spiritual deficiency. 
You equate uh, financial hardship and burdens and all those other things that you're going through to you, to, to it not being fair. And the adversary is trying to capitalize on your short-sightedness and extending his hand. You want peace? Then grab me by the hand. You know what the Lord told me? If you start to second guess your pastor, you're making war with God. Talking about your pastor behind his back. I know it's quiet. It's all right. I expected this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. The things that we don't think that we do. When we do it, we're making war with God. Because God ordains things. He knew this church was going to be here before we even knew it. He knew these people were going to be here leading before we even knew it. And for us to look at God's plan, just like we do our own lives, and criticize and say, God, this isn't fair. Why am I not like Sister Jones? Sister Jones is driving this and doing that and doing this. And God's saying, you're making war with me because you don't believe. Because if you don't understand, doubting is sin. I set you all up. I got you excited last night. Now today, crash burn. The adversary... He, 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 here's Satan's negotiation. I'll, I'll let you have the lights. I'll let you have the emotion. I'll let you have the sensual clothing. I'll let you have the social media status, the jewelry, the makeup, the hairstyles, the tattoos, the new age worship, the false doctrine, the backslidden youth groups. I'll even let you smoke weed and block conviction. But as long as you don't access the power. I'll let you have anything you want in church. Church is not about feeling good. It's not about getting a pat on the back. But you know what we need to do? We need to come on Sundays and say, God, whatever it is you have to do to get me out of a devil's hell, I receive it. Whatever you have to do to shake my world up, I receive it, God. But you know what prevents, you know what allows a truth to become a criticism? Pride. When something goes out that can save your life. And when it gets through your filter, it's an attack. It's pride. I'm trying to help you. Lighthouse, I'm trying to help you. Don't you dare take the devil's hand. Don't you dare compromise the presence of God. 
because all that stuff, every other church is doing it. I see Hillsong do it. I, I see Valley Song do it. Whatever church, I see all these different churches. They're trying to mimic what we have right here because they, they, can, they can feel something, but it's not the genuine thing. I know I, I felt a little judgment. I, I, I'm feeling it now. What, what, what makes you think that, you know, this is the real deal? You want to know? I spoke to somebody last week from uh, uh, another organization, and they said, Mike, you know, everybody from the church is just leaving. We're hungry. Because all the guitar, all the singing, all the lights flashing, all the, the fog, which is meant to, to, to imitate the presence of God, the Shekinah, all that stuff. After a couple of months, it starts to drain and fade out because you need the real dose of the Holy Ghost. You need the real deal. If you don't have the real deal, all you're going to do is just jump from church to church to church. You want to know why? Because when we finish meeting here, the Holy Ghost still goes home with you and during the week when you go to work and you're under attack and you can be in your cubicle and say Jesus I need you the presence of God will show up you are the church this is a church but you are the church the Lord says, I don't desire to live in buildings made by the hands of man. I want to live in you. I want to breathe in you. I want to take root in you. And every time you call me, I'm going to be there. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. If you have the Holy Ghost, I want you to tap in. Begin to speak in tongues right now. Come on, tap into the Holy Ghost right now. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. God's going to use some of you. Come on, go ahead, go ahead. I don't have to preach anymore. It's okay. Let loose. God is reaffirming some of you. Yes, 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 come on. 
it's time to go some places you've never been before. It's time to go some places that you've never been before. It's time to, to get to some dimensions that you, you've never been before where God can show you. Who's ready to step off the edge? Go ahead. Who's ready to step off the edge? Go ahead. You've been to this point already. It's time for you to step off the edge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh! Oh, God. If you don't know what to say, you can do like the blind man. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy. This is a deep move of God. This is a deep move of God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Some of you need to cry out to get beyond the pride. Say, God, if I got to crawl to you, Jesus. I'm tired of living on the edge. I want to move. I want to get to the next dimension where God uses me to save my family, where God uses me to save my friends, where God uses me to save my mama, where God uses me to save my daddy, where God uses me to save my children. Come on, God wants all of you. Come on, keep worshiping. I'm done. I feel the Holy Ghost wants to take over. Come on, does anybody want to go to the next level? Does any, if you can use anything, God. God doesn't care about your past. 
He doesn't care about where you've been. He doesn't care about what you used to do. We are brand new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we have brand new promises and brand new abilities. Somebody's about to, when Zion travails, when Zion travails, when Zion travails, I want you to travail right now. Somebody raise hell in the spirit. Somebody raise hell in the spirit. He's pouring out right now. He's pouring out right now. He's pouring out in this atmosphere giftings. He's pouring out giftings. Yes, 
whatever you want me to do. 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 Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. If you feel led, find somebody, begin to pray with them right now. My God. <laughs> if you feel led, begin to pray. God is pouring out his spirit right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now.